Hi guys and welcome back to Level Up With Lou, the podcast where we help you live your best life, pursue your dreams and love yourself. Love yourself. Strive for progress, not perfection. Know your worth, then at tax. Make an income while making an impact. Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Visualise your higher self and start showing up as that. Level up. Guys, it's actually been such a long time since I've sat and recorded um, an episode. So I thought if I'm going to come back, I'm going to come back with a great guest. I'm really so excited for this episode today. So my guest today is called Omi Hussain. I hope I said your name right. (laughs) But Omi is a self-published author and she's also an accomplished blogger, YouTuber, speaker and a mentor for young women. She also has a background in finance and she's worked in the financial industry for over six years. She's also very passionate about teaching, mentoring and women's empowerment. She published a book on her struggles with cultural identity. And in today's episode, she's here to talk about her journey with personal development and her book. And then her journey also with dealing with rejection and becoming more resilient. So thank you so much for coming on Level Up with Lou today. We're so excited to have you. How are you doing? I'm good. And you? (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Did I say your name right? How do you actually pronounce your name? What's the right way? Everyone has been asking me the same question since, <laughs> since this morning. I'm like, it's fine. Whatever I pronounce it, it's it's fine. It's it's Urmi. Urmi. Oh, okay. I'm not even close. But, but you see with a nice accent, so I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Urmi. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, so before we get started, can you just share with the audience um, just a bit about yourself? Maybe anything that I haven't mentioned, anything interesting <laughs> you already said everything if I have to tell you the truth you already mentioned uh, you gave like a very detailed description of myself uh, so yes I do work in finance I'm a self-published author I self-published my first book uh, last year and what I talk about my own struggles in finding an identity a cultural identity because I am a tour culture kid uh, so my parents are born in Bangladesh and uh, I was born and raised uh, in Italy so I basically say I'm Italian by birth and Bengali by blood and I'm currently living in Canada so I became Canadian by law as well and uh, I am a big advocate for women's empowerment so I am part of several organizations that are dedicated to empower women to mentor them uh, to um, bring them or to uplift them and uh, so this organization are women in leadership and uh, also Women in Leadership and uh, 100 Women in Finance. So, uh, and I'm a big advocate of like personal investing, learning. So I do a lot of things when I have uh, during my free time. That's amazing. Oh, wow. You have a lot going on. How do you juggle everything together? Uh, I would say I just have good time management skills. I try to manage it really well and I stick to my plan and I have a calendar. I have a to-do list. So Google Calendar has been my (laughs) ever because I do work full-time but I also have been studying uh, also for a very very difficult certification and it took me like uh, two three years to to finish it up and so 
And while I was doing all that, I was still like volunteering, writing on my blog, YouTubing, doing YouTube. And so, yeah, I, I just I just have good time management skills, I would say. That's really good. That's amazing. Um, so before we uh, delve deeper into the episode and um, talk a lot more, I actually just wanted to ask you, what has 2023 looked like for you in terms of personal development so far? That's such a good question. I feel like no one ever asked me this question. Uh, I would say it's uh, like a work in progress. That's how I would like to def- def- uh, define it or like evolution. Mm. Uh, but it's more uh, about me trying to learn as much as I can. So I'm like taking a bunch of courses on Udemy. And I recently like also published two ebooks. So that was something new that I have done. Mm. and also um, a work in progress also because I also started to do boxing which which wasn't something that I always um, it wasn't something that I was like comfortable with but I'm glad that I did and it's all about building a lot of connections networking meeting new people so um, yeah it's been it's been nice so far like because I've been doing a lot of things so I enjoy everything that I do because it is like so much learning happening and so much like learning from other people and from books and audios and stuff like that yeah that sounds awesome what would you say is like been the biggest struggle so far the biggest struggle is so I'm someone who likes to be like super busy I am super busy but since I finished my um my certification in finance I feel like I just have a little bit too much free time in my in my hand and so I've been like trying to sit down and be like okay I want to write my second book and I say it but then I don't do it and which it was just like I'm I'm mad at myself for not doing it because I was like I would I would do everything when I was like super busy now I have time to do something and I'm like not using it so I don't like when I'm not using fully u- utilizing all the resources available so I've been like telling myself mm. I have to sit down write the second book and do it before the end of the year mm. I can imagine that must be quite challenging um I've noticed as well I can relate with that completely when I have like too much time I just get easily distracted and distracted, I yeah you just I don't know I feel like when you're busy and you're just going 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 it's easier to stay consistent and stay motivated but when you get into that part of life where it's a bit more quiet and not much is going on that you just I don't know you just start yeah. to put things off and before you know yeah. it three months later you still haven't done the thing you said you would do um, exactly. but you know we're all growing and learning here um so thank you for sharing that so one thing that really interested me um when we had our pre-interview and when we um also emailed each other was when you spoke about being a third culture kid um and obviously being Italian as well as having a Bengali heritage um how would you say that has impacted impacted you in terms of your personal development journey and the things that you're quite passionate about today so I didn't know what the term third culture kid actually meant until someone brought it up and I was like, I think I've fallen this definition. And I was like, they're probably right about it because I, I do have a third culture perspective. Like not only I have the Bengali culture perspective, but I also have the Italian one. And then them 
put together I have a third one so I feel like it has helped me to be a little bit more open-minded and a little bit more like aware that there are differences around me mm-hmm. and I feel like the fact that I live in Canada it just opened um, open up my mind even more because while I thought this whole time that I was alone in this journey I actually realized that there are a lot of people like me mm-hmm. not necessarily Bengali or Italian but they could be like I don't know Indian Chinese or something you know it could be like different um, uh, mixtures yeah and I I just feel like it has helped me to be more welcoming and accepting of like differences and also in terms of personal development I think I I would say that I used to think this was like more like a weakness all this time because I was like I don't know if I actually fit anywhere I was like, no one looks like me. And then when I think about it nowadays, I'm like, you know what? It's actually probably an asset for me because I can speak multiple languages. I have different cultures in me. Now there is a Canadian side as well, as well in me. I feel like I'm, I can relate more to other people. I can be a little bit more empathetic. So it made me much aware of things. Mm. And I feel like probably the fact that I'm like a little bit more empathetic and compassionate about other people, it's probably what I learned the most from this uh, whole experience. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. How would you say it's been living in Canada compared to growing up in Italy? You know what? Uh, I did have a little bit of culture shock when I came to Canada, <laughs> I must say. I did have a little bit, especially with this weather. Oh my gosh. I was like going to say, because Italy, uh, I've been to Italy twice and I love it. I know. The weather is beautiful. Uh, like, how I could know. you leave such an amazing place? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> to I go know, to but the you... whole places where it's just cold. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. It is, it is cold, but you know what? It does have, you know what? Italy is nice, but it's not a place where you would like to leave. It's a place you would like to visit. Mm. and even though it has been so many years that I left Italy when I look back I'm like you know what there there was probably going to be no future for me there Mm. I see it from my I see it from my high school friends they they struggle to find a proper job they did struggle there's like there's no opportunity for like young talents or like millennials or people of my age you know there wasn't like yes we got an education which is great but then afterwards what like I feel like the economy is uh, like there are not that many job opportunities opportunities I felt so I feel like it's a great place for you if you want to like you know travel and enjoy for quite some time yeah. but afterwards I don't think it's a place where you want to like stay there for the rest of, of your life so Canada mm. was a good option and I felt like it just gave me so much opportunity especially because like I was able to like start working part-time from like when I was like 20 whereas when I was in Italy I was never working for instance like there not many young people are working mm. um, definitely there was a culture shock in terms of like the weather because it was it really took me by surprise it's it gets really cold in Montreal but I also realized how diverse and, and melting pot Canada is because in Italy it's not like that in Italy mm. you just see white people like literally just white people and they're purely Italian and sometimes it, it just feel like things can be a little bit narrow-minded. Whereas in Canada, I feel like there's so much diversity and they, they, it's such a welcoming country. It's like there's so much openness that I really, really enjoy about that. Mm. Um, and that's one thing. And I feel like I have grown so much in, in Canada because, you know, I had the opportunity of like meeting people from different cultures, which wasn't something that I would have 
had if I was still living in Italy. Like I have people from all around the world, like I have friends all around the world, um, which is amazing because I feel like I, I did not travel to these countries, but they brought it in me by meeting them. So that was one thing that I really, really uh, like about Canada. Uh, I live in Montreal, so we do have to speak English and French. And uh, of course, English and French, these are not my first languages. These are like my third and fourth language. And so the fact that I work and and studied in the language, it was like not my mother tongue was also something new for me, but it wasn't so much of a challenge. I think I, I actually took this as an opportunity of like, you know what, I can improve on this and I can prove myself that I can do it um there are other things that I I would say there are some things that I don't like about Canada (laughs) compared to Italy like of course there is the weather uh the second thing I would say is that the stores here for some reason they just close so early like I just don't get it like 5 p.m (laughs) I'm not even out of work the stores are closed like whereas in Italy like things stay open late like really there's so much life uh so that was one thing that I was like I noticed when I came to Canada I was like oh my gosh like why is this closing so early in the summer I would say it's a little bit better but in the winter like things close like five o'clock it's like out there's no one on the street (laughs) everyone is literally at home what Um, yeah yeah no they go out that's weird no not in the winter the winter can be a little bit tough I can tell you it can can be really so life life comes Basically, everyone comes out during summer and then hibernates during the winter. Yeah. You know what? During the winter, Montreal is a really, really nice place. It's like completely different uh, city, I would say. Do we, we just have so many events going on. It's like there's like you just do not know where to go because there are just way too many things happening, which is the, be- the beauty of, of it. Yeah. It's just the winter can be a little bit um, a little bit tough, I would say. And and definitely, I feel like if I have to compare the Canadian culture to the Italian one, definitely Canadian Canadians people Canadian people are a little bit more like they do tend to work a lot, I would say, <laughs> but it's not as much as the American lifestyle. But um, like in Italy, you see everyone is like enjoying their life. It's less hectic. It's it's a bit laid back, which is like I feel like they're enjoying every moment of it. Yeah, and so in Canada, sometimes you can see that things are a little bit rushed, but I think things are changing a little bit since the pandemic. I think there are people who became a little bit more aware that okay, maybe it's something to start enjoying our life and not worry too much about getting our work done, for instance. Yeah, I was gonna say because obviously you said you work in the financial financial industry. How do you feel like you know the pandemic and uh, people working from home, you know, has impacted people in Canada in terms of finances and how life has been for people because it was quite a tough time for everyone you know what I would say that during the the pandemic it was I feel like people were just working so much because I feel like um especially during the pandemic because I worked in like I work in finance things were very busy like people were just they just had so much time in their hands that they were just investing doing things trading so it was really really busy and so we went from like working nine to five to working like really late sometimes sometimes I would also log in in the weekend and it was just so busy because like I could see my boss working so hard all every day she would work like 12 hours a day and it was just impacting everyone mentally like people were like exhausted and they were born out they went on a on a leave some people went on a leave some people like literally quit so there was that the shift, I would say, where people could not see the the, the disconnect between work and, and life in general because you're pretty much doing everything in one room 
working, mm. your life is in the room, you're eating, like you're pretty much doing everything in one room, which is, which is not like healthy. Mm. And so there was, there was, um, so that was one of the issues where there, like, there were a lot of mental health concerns. And I feel like I've seen it a lot also in the city too, because now that things are back uh, normal, let's say, uh, you know, where things are actually open and you go around, you can see that there is a little bit of more like issues in like there are more beggars on the street. You take the metro mm-hmm. and you can see that there is there are a lot more beggars also in the metro. So it's like things in a way degraded, I would say. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. So that's what I've seen with the pandemic. So that has been like one of my concerns that people are just they've been just working so much during the pandemic like literally Mm. Mm. yeah it's quite tough um I can relate with you um when you said you've seen more people who are actually struggling with finances and you know um having to resort to homelessness definitely here in London I've really noticed it and I don't know whether it's the fact that so I was never at home because obviously I'm a nurse so there was no, it's not really, I don't, I don't, in my job, I work, I don't, I don't work, work at home. So I don't have that luxury of, you know, like everyone when the pandemic was going on or most people, you know, working from home and just logging in at like, I don't know, five minutes to your shift starts in your pajamas or whatever. Like I actually had to go to work and I left my house. Um, and obviously, you know, there were some people that had to go to work and, you know, you still people on the street. But I guess now when everyone's around, you just really actually see how society has changed. Even from the way we interact with each other, I feel like people are a lot less patient now. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't I don't know why that is. I don't know mm-hmm. whether it's like the time we've had away from each other has impacted how we connect. I don't know. There's a lot of like mental health issues now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's. You know, there were some really good aspects of, you know, isolation and, you know, people being able to reset and be with their families. But I would say it's definitely changed society um, quite drastically. Yeah. So let's talk about your book because <laughs> I'm very impressed with the fact that you're able to juggle everything and still write your own book um, of all things. And not only that, a book on cultural identity. Uh, your book is called Discovering Your Identity, A Rebirth from Interracial Struggle. So tell us about it. Um, how did you become a, an author? Why? What happened? Um, so basically what happened is I think it was during the pandemic, I read the book, okay? This was from another author. And uh, she's from, uh, she lives in Canada and she's uh, she has Pakistani origin. So I was like, I, I came across her book because I was like, I want to read books more about like people like me. And so I read her book, which was, which was called um, A Confession of a Brown Girl. And so when I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, is she, is she actually write, writing my story? Because her book was so much, like, I honestly felt she was talking about me. I could just relate so much to it. So then I reached out to it and I was like, okay, how did you write this book? What, did, what was your process? And she was like, oh, you can just self-publish it. And I was like, oh, really? And so she <laughs> gave me that idea. So I was like, oh, okay, let me look into it. And then one day 
I think um, I was talking to a friend and he was like, oh, you know what? If you want to like write a book, I can suggest you a book. And he was like, it's called the How to Write a Book in 30 Days. So I went on vacation to Mexico. I went to this resort. And as I was like at, at the beach, at, at the swimming pool, I was like, okay, let me read this book and let me take some notes. So then I read that book and then I came back to from, from my vacation. And then I was like, okay. I'm going to sit down and write about my book because I was getting invited back then to different podcasts to talk about me being a, ter- a ter- culture kid. So I was like, you know what? Everyone asked me about this. So maybe this could turn into something. And so that's when I was like, okay, I think I have the ideas. I know what I want to talk about because it's like a memoir, right? And so at the end, what happened is I sat down for 30 days and every day I would come back from work. I would sit down for 30 minutes, an hour, and I would write down. I would basically just write down about like what was coming to my mind. And it took me 30 days. It literally took me 30 days. And in the book, I make like, I, these are more like reflections. And I make a comparison between the Italian culture and the Bengali culture and where I was trying to fit in and where I was like having all these questions And then afterwards, what happened is I found someone on fever. I said to her, look, this is the draft. You do the rest. You tell me what else I have to do because I have no clue about formatting. I have no clue about editing, cover page, title. I don't know. You have to help me. So she was super, super, super helpful. And then what happened is we she basically helped me with the editing for marrying the cover page and then she said all you have to do is just upload it on uh, on um, on amazon so i applied it on uh, amazon and then i would say like 30 days plus two more weeks uh, my book was self-published and um and the thing is i always wanted to be an author but i was yeah. just like i don't know when it's gonna be the right time so it was like not even in my plan that oh 2022 i'll publish my book it was just something that i just I just had this trigger that I was like, okay, I'm ready. And so I just started to write it down. That's pretty much how it happened. Wow. And um, and afterwards I was like, okay, I feel, I felt very fulfilled because I was like, I can tell the world that I, I, I've done this, you know, like mm. this is my work and no one can take it away from me. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people want to write books. Yeah, me included. <laughs> but then we don't, like, we don't end up doing it for some yeah. reason you know like we just get caught up with other things so at the end um i was like i'm happy that i did it then i was sending all my friends they were like what when did you write this book i was like oh yeah i did it i did it <laughs> wow have your friends read the book and what do they think um i had uh, so one of the some of them did read the book and um there's one friend in particular that um who read the book who was mentioning the book so she okay. was mentioning the book and she was like, I, your book was so nice because I was relieving the memories. And Aww. so it was like refreshing for her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's lovely. Wow. <laughs> like when you think about writing a book, you think it has to be this like really stressful, long process, but it honestly sounds like you had so much fun doing it. And yeah. the fact that you were able to do it on your own as well. I think that's just amazing. Um, so um, I was listening to um, a few other podcasts you'd been on and looking at a few blog posts you'd had just to get a bit of more understanding about you. Um, and I noticed um, there was like a um, there was something that you'd mentioned um, to do with rejection um, uh-huh. and to do with um, having to deal with rejection in terms of your career. Um, there's this quote like I really love and it's called um, it it goes by sometimes rejection in life is redirection Um, I just wanted to know what are your thoughts on this quote um, and how have you been able to deal with 
rejection in your life? So basically, I, I, I would say I before like working, I did not face that many rejection. I mean, before I didn't face many rejection. I mean, I did, but it wasn't something so negative. Like it wasn't me applying for like a, a, a like a particular college and I was being like rejected or something. But I would say that this whole concept of like being rejected and being redirected somewhere else, it just came to, it just came to fruition a couple of years ago when I was actually looking for a job. And it was just insane how many times I got rejected. I was like, it's not possible that I keep getting rejected. And I went through like a whole year of interview and every single time I was being rejected mm. until finally I landed into this basically role and company that I always wanted to work for. Honestly, like it was my dream uh, place since I was in university like literally six years ago I was like I want to work for this place and I never thought that eventually I would have made it but I'm glad that I did and so I actually started to think that every reje- rejection is actually redirection because literally everything happens for a reason and I don't think it applies for like for like career I think it just applies for anything whether you're applying for school whether you're being rejected by a partner or, or anything else I think everything just happens to a reason and it's because probably you are meant to be doing bigger things and sometimes mm. we just get so demotivated by it you know you're yeah. so discouraged you're like I don't know what's wrong with me and honestly there is nothing wrong with you and I think we should take this as a lesson as a like a lesson learned as an opportunity to grow and I think from this, you have to learn that you should never give up. And, that's, and I think that's where the strength and the resilience comes in. Mm. Because, yes, everyone gets rejected, but it will, they, we will see your power if you're able to stand up and move forward. And I think you have to take that mindset. So I remember, like, um, I once failed an exam. And it was my first time failing this exam. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. It's not the end of the world. It's literally not the end of the world. And so I was talking to a friend and I said, you know what? I thought I would have reacted differently, but I didn't. And I actually mm-hmm. took it as a positive uh, sign because I was like, you know what? It's just me relearning again and I enjoy learning. So there is nothing wrong with it. I'm just mm-hmm. going to reinforcing everything that I know. And then later on, I passed the exam. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, honestly, I honestly think it's just having a mindset of resilience when it comes to like rejection. Like don't take it honestly for something negative because if you're meant to be in a certain destination, you will be no matter which uh, route you take. That's mm. how I like to see it. Yeah. Oh, that could be a, a tricky one. I feel like, especially like, we know, the age of social media and people right. comparing themselves with other people. I think it can be quite hard to see other people doing the things you want to do or having the life, quote unquote, you want to have. Um, and people can get into quite like a negative mindset, thinking that it'll never be them, you know, thinking that rejection is something personal to them, where it, like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I not able to get this? Or why am I not being called up for things like this? And something I always think about rejection is definitely that sometimes rejection is a blessing. Sometimes the thing you thought you wanted is not the best for you. And sometimes it's actually protecting you. And then you may actually end up with something a lot, as you said earlier, something a lot better and something a lot more suited for you. Um, I know I've definitely struggled with rejection. I'll say, Mm -hmm. I'll say, so growing up, I struggled with rejection anyway. Um, 
but I think getting older and still dealing with certain like quite big rejections was quite tough for me um I'd say the way I was able to build resilience is definitely just improving the way I think about myself so like Mm -hmm. thinking positively about myself knowing that you know that let's put it this way there's this um so I'm Nigerian by heritage um Uh but there's this um thing that um Nigerian parents will always say to you like when they're like trying to compare you to someone they'll say like oh this person doesn't have two heads and the meaning behind that is that basically that there's nothing special about that person for them to have achieved something that you are trying to achieve and the, obviously when a Nigerian parent may say that it may come from like a place of like trying to compare you to somebody but funnily enough I've taken that on and then I said that to myself in terms of like wait a minute this person doesn't have two heads meaning this person there's nothing more special about somebody else that they've been able to do something or achieve something and so that helps me to then think actually if they can do it I can do it if I see somebody you know another brown skin girl doing really big things in health or doing really big things in podcasting or you know really quite um push um pushing herself for personal development and personal growth like I look at it and I'm I'm impressed by it like I, I you know I, I believe that I can do it. Even listening to you talking about being a self, I feel like, I genuinely feel like we were supposed to have this discussion because even listening to you talking about be- becoming a self-published author, I, anyone that knows me, like people really close to me and they know, like I've always said, I want to be an author, I want to be an author. But this, the logistics of it all, it just sounds quite scary to me. But like oh seeing, even seeing you, that's why, that's why to me, this is, this is why it's so important I don't know what the word is, but there's a word for it. But it's why representation, this is why representation is so important because when you see other people doing it, you're like, yes, I can do it as well. Um, So yeah, that's how I've been able to deal with, you know, dealing with the rejections, but then still building myself back up, knowing that if they can do it and they look like me, you know, and they, you know, they they haven't exactly come from, you know, like a wealthy background or whatever, then it means that I can do it as well. Yeah, honestly, I am totally with you on this because I also feel like in in the South Asian culture, there's this whole thing about like competing where every single parent is like comparing you with the neighbor's son or the neighbor's kid and they just know how to bring your self-esteem down Yeah, uh, literally. And every time my parents were like, my parents, honestly, my parents did not say that to me. Unfortunately, I was the one who people would compare me to, unfortunately. So I did not like that because I didn't want other kids to feel like, okay, we just have to like be as good as her. I honestly mm. never liked that. But I remember that um, I didn't want to tell you. I forgot. Oh, my gosh. There's this thing that I wanted to tell you. Oh, yes. You know how you said like how... Like you see other people and you're like, they have it all. And you think, oh, I cannot have it because I, I don't think I'm good enough. But I also had, I also used to tell myself that if everyone can do it, why can I not do it? It's not mm. that they have a, anything additional than me. You know, it's like, exactly. we all have two eyes, one <laughs> nose and everything. Like, why, why is it that 
he can do it and I cannot. And that's what, that's one of the things mm-hmm. I have. It's a strategy that I use when I did my certification in finance because it's just so hard that I was hesitating so much starting or not. And I, I knew that so many people were failing the exam. Like we just mm-hmm. have a, such a low passing rate. Wow. But then I also saw people who are successful and I was like, you know what? I can do it. I know I can do it. If everyone else can do it, even if there is a small percentage who ha- who has it, I can still do it. And then I managed to do it. And also the other thing is that you just have to manifest everything because yes. like I started to learn about manifestation and people were telling me like if you surround yourself with the right people, like let's say you want to get a certain certification or let's say you want to be a self-published author, just surround yourself with a lot of uh, authors so then you're <laughs> going to keep doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Um. Wow. 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 It's just this has got me thinking so much. Like, guys, you don't even understand this episode. I feel like this ep- this episode was definitely meant to be. Yeah, that's it. I have a lot of brainstorming to do after this. Um, but I've had such a great time recording with you. But I just obviously before we end the podcast and go off, I just wanted to know if you have any like words of wisdom for the audience. Is there anything you want to share? Anything you're reading that's interesting? I know it's quite a a, a, a serious question to ask but is there anything you want to share with people before I, I just go? have so many words of wisdom that's the problem we have, have we so, have the time I'm joking I have no, so I'm many no, words we can't of be wisdom. here all day <laughs> and I have so many books that I can think of so, and I'm trying to like think about one book in specific but I can that's the thing um oh man so I read the there's okay I'm gonna tell you about this uh my favorite book which is uh it's called um it's, it's about the, the Ikigai, the whole concept of Ikigai. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm, yeah. um, I don't remember the full title, but this is one of the most recommended books. So if, like, if you're looking for a, a book about Ikigai, it's the one with the book cover page. And I highly recommend reading that because I just feel like it gives you... Like basically there's this di- diagram that explains what's the Ikigai and how like you have to use your passion, what you're... Your, your passion, your skills, and how you're supposed to be serving your community, like how all this together, it's your ikikai, it's what you're meant to be doing, it's your purpose, mm-hmm. uh, it's a reason to, to, to leave, it's your reason for being who you are. And I really like that book because um, I just feel like it explains the whole concept of ikikai and it just shows how all these things intertwine are what your passions are and how you're supposed to be monetizing. And I think it guides you a little bit to what you're meant to be doing in life. Yeah. and how you're supposed to be like monetizing this and but still helping out people and it, it has like good um, interviews or examples of real life example of people that have been following their ikikai and how they've been like living a more fulfilled and satisfied life mm-hmm. and these are people that live in Japan and so th- there is a the book is like it has interviews of people that live in Japan in this particular island and how like they have such a happy life and I, I would wow. definitely recommend this book because I feel like like you mentioned before, we're so sucked in into like social media that we just like, we just want to have what everyone else on our social media has. Like, you know, they just ha- seem to have it all figured out and they have a per- perfect life. Honestly, they, they're not. I honestly don't think it's like that because uh, everyone chooses to post what they want to choose, but um, what they want to post. But I think at the end, if you want to have a happier life, you have to define your own success, not mm. based on what other people think is success because honestly success is just something so subjective and it just changes for from one person to another and mm-hmm. I think when you live life you just want to live it authentically and on your terms basically 
That's so beautiful to say. Wow, 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 wow. Um, this actually led me to another question. I know I was I wasn't supposed to do this, but I'm gonna ask you one more question. What to you is a happy and successful life? What does that mean to you? A happy and successful life? Yeah. It's it's easy. I would just say like I just do whatever makes me happy. Mm. Super easy. So I live just... in life on your own terms. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I have like this curiosity that I want to try something new, I just go for it. I just follow my intuition. So, and I, and I know that like it's me getting out of my comfort zone and it comes with a lot of discomfort, but I, I actually like the end goal. Mm. So, Mm. yeah. And I just, I literally like me trying out new things and doing the things that I'm like, makes me really happy. So I'm sure someone's listening, like, you know, Lou, Ermi, like, how how do I do this? Like, you guys have talked about so much in this episode. What What's one step that I can take today to either build my resilience or, you know, develop myself um, in terms of my personal growth or just, just become a happier and more fulfilled person? What would you say one one step like they can take, one, one um, actionable step today? Okay, what the only one thing that you ever need is believing in yourself. Okay. That that's it. Like if you believe that you can do anything, then you can do anything. That mm. that's all I can say because you will have all the tools available for you. Like if mm. you want to write a book, if you want to start a course, this you have it. It's just having that belief within you that I, you can do it. So you have to have that willpower that okay, I'm ready for this. Wow. Oh my gosh. This has been amazing. <laughs> I have loved this episode. <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Like it's very um yeah. It's a different dynamic when you actually enjoy the episode as well. And I'm really looking forward to listening back. Um but yeah, if the audience wants to learn more about your journey, how can they learn more about you? Yes. So I have an Instagram account. It's called Urmanio. I have a YouTube channel called Urmiho Sign. I have my blog called myways.ca. I have a LinkedIn account or LinkedIn profile called Urmiho Sign. And then my books, uh, my book and ebooks are available on Amazon. So my book is available on Amazon. It's called Discovering Your Identity, A Rebirth from Intuition Struggle. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Urmi. Oh, no, it's a beautiful <laughs> name. What does Urmi mean? Wave. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Um, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. I will catch you on the next episode of Level Up with Lou. Until then, take care everyone. Bye.